You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Take one. Knock, knock. Who it is? Stephen and Dana, and we're in the room. Hello. This is Stephen Farizee and also Dana Craig, because Dana Craig <laughs> is a working queen and she has shit to do. So she um, is up to her ears, up to her little gills. Uh, and I am here with the Mario Cantone of In the Room with Stephen and Dana, <laughs> Natalie Joy Johnson. Well, hello, darling. In How are you? In the co-host chair. Oh, it just feels so right, you know. Dana's kept it nice and warm for me, so I'm happy to just slide right in there and just, you know, just get right in her comfortable chair, honey, in her memory foam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad she's I thought working. you might. At least one of us has a goddamn job right now. She has Seriously. enough jobs for all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she really does. She really does. Hopefully, one of these days she can she can hire us. It'll be nice. Uh, because who knows when, you know, who knows when, when, when those jobs are coming back, honey, who knows when we're all going to be allowed to be in the what room. Um, before we get too deep into it, I do want to introduce our guest because I'm (gasps) very interested in what he has to say about it. Ladies and gentlemen, artist and dresser to the stars. And one of my favorite people on the planet. Who? Who? Me? Hi, guys. Julian Havard. Oh, my goodness. Hey, honey. Thank you for being here with your exposed brick. Oh, well, well hey, I've got a lot more. Uh, well, you know. Um, thank you for dusting <laughs> me off and giving me uh, something exciting to look forward to today. Is that a collared yeah. shirt I see I, you put on? Oh, my God. I do have a collared shirt. It's, um, it's light cotton. It's something I would never be able to afford. It's a hand-me-down from a dear friend of mine's husband. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. I have a lot we of love, those. We love that. I have a garment with a story. 
Um, oh yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. As I put it on, hey, speaking of stories, I did actually think I should put something on with a story. And I had a Woody Woodpecker shirt I almost put on. And I was like, nobody's gonna see you. But I was like, my hosts will, and they're gonna comment on my attire, which is what you want when you're gonna be a guest at somebody's you know, what notary. And eyeballs are like one of my most favorite things in the entire world. So I'm looking at, at Steven's eyeballs and Natalie's. Oh, you have to, you, you have to get, yeah, Steven, <sighs> I, I, I feel like I've told you this about Steven. I love him and yet he drives me insane because he just makes me laugh in such a specific way that like I, I'm sure I will at least three times during this podcast will, you know, uh, predict your death at my hands today. Cause oh, I always, I always wind up wanting to kill him because he says something that looking just, forward to it. Right, well, right. Yeah. You have not succeeded thus far. Uh, not yet. Not quite yet, but you know, one of these days. Um, and so, yes, he has a crazy, this t-shirt that he made himself that has eyebrows all over it. Oh, it's an and, eyebrow. I thought it was an eyeball. It's, well, it's more eyeballs about, but... and eyebrows. Oh yeah, yes, it's eyebrows of uh, the golden age of Hollywood. All our That's favorite so ladies. Because yeah, I do have a, a very odd. Uh, every piece of artwork that I've painted probably has an eyeball in it, and I don't mean probably. It has an eyeball in every single one. So I thought maybe in my own, you know, deluded mind, you wore it for me. Uh, you know, but see, there are no mistakes. No, it's meant to be. It's. Uh, what do they call it? Serendipity, synchronicity. The fact Fair. that the fa yeah. fact that I was daydreaming about that very T-shirt. I know your listeners can't see me staring at what I'm staring at right now, but uh, I did just you know people call me the Strega, you know, because I have really useless premonitions and witchy thoughts that don't really make anyone money, but it freaks people out when you know. Well, I'm definitely wearing a T-shirt for the listeners at home. I'm wearing a T-shirt with Julian's screaming face on and it. Fact, we all have shirts on that were, 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 you know, that have some meaning, obviously. I thought you were going to comment on my, it is pink, it doesn't look it. I was expecting to see you in your Screaming Julian shirt, and lo and behold, eyeball shirt. Anyway, I'm excited. And here we are. And here <laughs> we are. Oh, yeah. And it is only appropriate that we're talking about our own personal costuming, quite frankly. Sure, you know, it's a thing. That's it's right. not uh it's not you it doesn't usually change as much as you know our fantasy lives and in, in, in the theater world um i often well i don't need to give out too much personal information about my <laughs> about my limited wardrobe and laundry but oh yeah what i wouldn't do to like rip somebody's clothes off real fast and then put something else on them even faster <laughs> what is like can we just get in now that you're you've said this what is the fastest quick chain you quick change you've ever had to do? Golly, that's kind of hard to, I've been asked this question before and there's some there's some uh, debate. Now there's the single-handed quick change, which I've done. I did um, A Life in the Theater with Patrick Stewart and uh, T.R. Knight. There were so, there were about 16 quick changes in a 80 minute show and they were single-handedly done. It was him and I, it was, you know, Patrick had his dresser. Um, so those were pretty intense, but at the same time, pants, shoes, jackets, they're not the same as, I would say, the evolving door change in Thoroughly Modern Millie. Millie comes to town, she's got her little overalls on or whatever that costume ended up being. I think it ended up being like some country 
bumpkin dress. And she goes through the revolving doors and literally comes out in a complete new hairdo, new shoes, new dress, accessories. Theater magic. Now I had, I had uh, helpers, obviously. I think there was two hairdressers. I think there were five dressers. I mean, you get the necklace, you get the scarf, you do this shoe, you do that shoe. We're putting the dress on, you take it off. And yeah, next thing, yeah, before you can even worry about it, you're scooping up your goods and scurrying off and on with the show. I mean, so, yeah. and then just, and then you just, that just took me two to tech. You know what I mean? When you were saying like, who's taking what? It just made me go to 10 out of 12s immediately. Oh, yeah. That's like, that's the, that is the minutia shit that you have to do when you finally have all of the pieces and you're like, all right, now we're finally here in the space with the shoe and we need to fix this buckle because this isn't going to work or and whatever. We're down, and we're down to the seconds. Like, it's cool. Right. Right. I mean, it's cool if it's like but it's cooler when it's half that long because people are like they they can't stand it. Now, in the drowsy chaperone, Miss Janet Vandegraaff, you know, also played by Sutton Foster, isn't that isn't that a point? Yes, I feel like for some context here, Julianne Havard, you did I think six Broadway shows with Sutton. I want to say. Uh, Starting with Millie and ending with Anything Goes. Yeah, um, uh, well, Violet. People do forget Violet because that was our seventh show. But I have to say I had it easy. She wore one costume. She left the stage one time. She had no wig. She had no makeup. The big question was, well, what, 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 did, what did you do? And I'm like, it's none of your damn business. She needs me there. And she did take a cardigan sweater off at one point. But that's neither that's here nor there. It's a, you know, it's a support, uh, it's a support issue. Um, but yeah, I think seven shows, seven shows, every single one since, since Thoroughly Modern Millie. I didn't do um, Sweet Charity with the beautiful Asmorette, who I was listening to uh, recently. Asmorette is just On your the podcast. Best. God, um, she's best. And that show, they, uh, she was sensational. Um, I didn't do that. It was off Broadway, finances, yada, 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 yada. But you were I was, with me at the time, I think, I was, you? I was at, you I was were at Kinky Boots. At the Kinky Boots, but I was at that theater like three times a day, just sort of like staking my claim on my woman. And <laughs> sure. it was just me and my ego, but it worked out. I was thrilled. I was happy. Made some money. Met me some Natalie Joy Johnson doing the kinky boots. That's right. Let me ask you a quick question, actually. Um, did you know Sutton before Millie? Or was that your introduction to one another? Were yeah. you guys friends at all? Because yeah. obviously we all know, you know, any theater, you know, nerd worth their salt who has mm. watched the Tony's Award, you know, show uh, it remembers you know that very uh, specific acceptance speech where Sutton won and like shouted you out and so you know the which, two which of time? you uh, the two of you Sorry. have like exactly the two of you have such a storied friendship um so did did you guys know each other before absolutely not I had, uh... so that was just divine intervention that you wound up being her dresser Yes, I and give, being I the give right credit person to the, for because that was um, her debut. That was her. I mean, she was so young, being thrust into such a responsibility, uh, capably absolutely. so. But um, talk about the right place at the right time. 
Yeah, it's pretty vivid um, of memory. I give credit to the wardrobe supervisor at the time who did have a knack of putting the right folk with the right folk. Some who people, was it? Her name's the- Debbie, Debbie Cheriton. She's a Hi. Broadway legend. Um, yeah, not a lot of people have that knack. Sometimes they go opposite, and I'm, 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 I've got stories about that too. But sure. she had put me together with Sutton. Um, my dearest and best friend at the time, Elena, had uh, had passed away, unfortunately, um, to, to, due to some, some cancerous issues. And I was very distraught. And she knew that this young girl needed somebody to take care of her. And she knew that I need somebody to take care of and focus on. And from day one, um, literally have a photo that we took the first day we met, which is so rare because when does people always declare this is the day we met, but it literally was. And oh yeah, I was devastated. She was all <clears throat> skinny and devastated and everybody was calling her name every five minutes. Uh, but, oh no, me and Marty Paclodanus, God bless his soul, would stand <laughs> guard outside that girl's dressing room. We wouldn't let anybody, not a producer, not nobody. Cause that girl had sandwiches to eat. Anyway, right, right. Don't get, don't get me was, started. She was thrust in the middle, and like I, I guess I forgot. Yeah, I mean, you got her. You guys met each other at a time when she literally was like, "Oh wait, this was not what I was expecting to be doing here." You guys, <laughs> you know, probably and, not. Like I know she was doing but in La Jolla. I've never been there. I'd always love to. I'd love to work there one day. FYI. Um, but yeah, once you get to Broadway, Minscott Theater, all the it's insane and this totally. dressing room and there she was with like glitter stars to hang from the ceiling and i'm like oh honey it's like you'll get to those eventually but yeah uh yeah she she was uh, yeah, she was would have been fine with or without me i i have to admit ah but i just love that that's where it all began because yeah. i have said this before i feel like i've probably said this on this podcast before but i mean it really is so true like the bond that you make with your dresser, it can be really like the most like magical and amazing. And my favorite dressers that I've had have been the ones that I actually like love as people and Mm -hmm. who are awesome and who like just, who also know how to stay calm under pressure because oh yeah, I'm not always maybe the best at that. Like I can pull my shit together and get on, on stage and do my job. But that does not mean that in the wings or downstairs, I'm not ha- I'm not like the thing at the you know the used car, car lot that's like flailing mm-hmm. around, that's feeling insane, literally going, "This is not a thing, Blair. This is not <laughs> a thing." Like that. I mean, okay. No. So to be able to have <laughs> to be able to have a dresser who um, makes you that can make you feel calm and just be like, put this jacket on and go out there. Mm, Vanita Truesdale. Do you know Vanita? Vanita Truesdale from Legally Blonde was my first Broadway dresser. And I love her. We still text each other. She was working at Mormon. Um, and she is a freaking queen. And I just remember she, I would be freaking out about something and she would just be like, well, you know, just calm as she could be. Cool, calm, and collected. Well, okay, I hear you on that. Put this coat on and go out there. <laughs> Um, you know, my girl Mo at Kinky Boots. Like, I've oh, never- she's, yeah, she's got nerves of steel, that one. 
I've never yet been dressed by you, although I can't wait. Uh, uh, you've, uh, there might be some undressing that we could I was so going to say, there are some intermediate layers. <laughs> <laughs> intermediate layers. Yes! Oh, my God. Don't get yeah, This is what I'm saying. All right. This is your first <laughs> The death is coming. This is what I'm telling you about. The deep dives that he knows. The shit, the, the things that he can pick up. It's so cray. Anyway. Mm. All right, so I love that you guys didn't even know each other, but that that oh, yeah. wardrobe supervisor figured out the perfect yeah. equation. That's yeah. so cool. And she was awesome in the future too. She would put me to work in between certain gigs because you know, Willie uh, led to Little Women, led to Jazz Chaperone, yeah. led to Young Frankenstein, led to Shrek, so and so. A lot of original play. casts. A lot oh. of. Yeah, and I uh, I got I got spoiled though, you know, because yeah. 2014 was Violet, the biggest musical we did together. It was 2011, anything goes. And I've, you know, I've been doing different gigs here and there ever since. I ran off for a few years, but um, I got spoiled. So to this day, I have to keep my ego in check. Um, I'm here to do my job, but at the same time, I don't have all the perks that I have when when I'm lucky enough to work with Miss Foster, who I would have been starting to work with this week. Uh, the stupid cootie bugs that ruin everybody's uh, life. Well, when but, you said that you wanted to work at La Jolla, I thought to myself, me too, because I was supposed to be at La Jolla uh, in April. Uh, <laughs> I was supposed to be there doing uh, uh, I know. I know. It's just the pits. Uh, can it just be done? Can we just be done with Corona? I literally had that thought again the other day where it was like, Enough is enough. I just want to ride a bike without a fucking mask on, you guys. Oh, yeah. Hugging Seriously. Me. I never um, saw the mask as, like, something to invest in. I always thought of it as something temporary. And you know, I'm too. not going to invest any real money in my mask selection because I'm not going to need it in six months. Well, six months later. Yeah. yeah. Right. And I still refuse to make uh, make it fun. People are like, oh, I found the space kitty mask. I should get you one. I was like, nope. They're like, I can get you a mask with your face on. I was like, nope. I, I actually don't. almost got you one the other day. <laughs> <laughs> what, a space kitty mask? Um, I think I saw a space kitty one, actually, that was probably like on a taco or a pizza. And okay. then also one that was more about this that uh, I wanted to maybe get matching. I got Steven and I matching masks. I had to give him a little thank you present. And I got this like bedazzled masks. I mean, it's ridiculous, but... I just went on to Etsy and bought some cute ones again the other day because I'm like, hey, if we're going to have to do this. Sure, I get it. And, and, now, I... and now that we have to, like, I, I want the ones with the little adjustables, <sighs> you know, so that as the elastic. The so store here is real. But Let as the elastic you. and my other ones start to stretch out now, I'm going to have to go and utilize my um, theater costuming skills and, like, sew this shit up because it's they're too big. What about a, like a panty? Like sometimes I think they look like like G-strings and that would be just enough, you know? No right? mouth, like a nice <laughs> little triangle. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the cheeks. You don't have to worry about your sunglasses getting steamed up because you're in the store and you've got sunglasses on. Well, I well, guess you wouldn't need the sunglasses Do you think you could get us? Do you think you could get us an appointment at bra tenders? And we could, we could I'm going to start my own business. <laughs> Fuck bra tenders. <laughs> Bra tenders, where you can go for a forty-five dollar thong. It's like yeah, there's so a, they've, they've been supplying Broadway with bras and panties for quite some time. Forever, 
forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. If that's not a referral, I, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what is. Oh, I know, right? I mean, it's just, you know, sort of in I, our- I went in there and had to buy like, and of course they had just like, they had smaller sizes in these briefs. And it was like literally for being filmed in like two days, the costumes that you created for me for Get Into It Queen, the music video, the shrimp costumes. Remember I was trying to get those briefs from Amazon and they Mm -hmm. were maybe not gonna show up on time. And so I was like, literally in like, I need plan B, plan C. I have to like, he's created these costumes and if we don't have briefs, then there's no cost. Like, oh what, yeah, there's some what vulgarity is, is going what is, Yeah, what's happening? This, these whole costumes need briefs. What are we gonna put those shrimp bustles on? I mean, shrimp bustles. If oh, you yeah. haven't watched Get Into It Queen, yes, watch it for me, watch it for scamps, but really watch it for Julian's costume. Yeah, we've been telling oh, you for a year to get into it. Queen. Oh yeah. So if you, if you listen to this podcast and you have not done the get into it queen yet, then you're not then listening to the podcast correctly. Exactly. Then you need to get out of it. Um, yeah. Anyway, the fried shrimp costumes and That's I lovely. wound up going to bra tenders and I had to buy, I was like, Oh, I just really need like gold briefs. And they were like $45 and they literally would fit a six-year-old and I was trying to put them on two drag queens. I'm like, there's no way their dicks will fit in here. But I was like desperate. So I bought them. And then finally I just like mailed them to a friend of mine. I was like, girl, you're small and a dancer. Enjoy. And, and like, talk about, you know, a story behind a piece of clothing. There's a, there's a story exactly. there. Seriously. No. Well, Julian, I want to ask you, like, what came first for you? The love of clothes and costumes or the love of theater? Well, one thing that uh, is, is, you know, history is that um, I come from a theater family. My mother's a playwright. I have two older sisters. One is a production manager. One is a producer and a director. And we've been in the theater theater our whole lives. It just it became what we knew. And as we got older, we were like, oh, we can go get an apprenticeship here. Or we can you know, go work backstage. And um, when I was 17, I got a job at a regional theater as a wardrobe dude. And I enjoyed being around theater folk. They were my people. I guess I always knew it growing up because I'd been in the theater literally since the day I was born. Just had never really was at the age I could be hands on. Mm. So when I found the wardrobe department, and it's such an intimate aspect of the theater, um, you know, all the actors, actresses, um, we did musicals, straight plays, but absolutely the musicals were my favorite. Uh, to this day, I have friends who I met when I was a teenager doing these shows. There's some people who have no idea who I am, and I know exactly who they were because they were in Blankety Blank at the Blankety Blank Theater <laughs> back in Blankety Blankety Blank. <laughs> but they don't remember me. Um, it's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, so that sort of was my my first realization that you could make money working in the theater and costumes I enjoyed. Honestly, other than making my Donna Marie dolls paper towel outfits, I really had no interest. It was funny because I would do that as a kid and then my sisters would take my Johnny and Marie's and the outfits I made, do runway shows, and I had to stand there with a flashlight like the crew dude. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I was destined to be backstage. Um, But I did, uh, I did, 
uh, get a chance to actually work with Johnny and Marie, but that's another story. Um, and then one thing left to another, I guess. Yeah, theater's just been in my life and the wardrobe thing and came to New York. I've kicked and screamed joining the the union because I, uh, I don't know why. I just thought it was too much of a job. I was working at Forbidden Broadway. Before that, my first job on, in New York was Pageant, this off-Broadway musical about uh -huh. this, this drag queen competition. Yeah, I've seen Pageant. Or beauty competition. It wasn't a drag queen thing. That was a thing. It was a beauty competition yeah. with men as the contestants playing women. Right. Now, this was the 90s. I know everyone knows. The show is legendary. Um, but I was the uh, wardrobe boy over there. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, oh, that alone I could write a book about. Um, oh, God. Those please do. Rooms. You know? And I found I could make a bit of money. And as years went on, you're like, oh, I got the Forbidden Broadway gig. Um, oh, I made $300 a week. And then I did. I ended up joining the union because there was just nowhere else to work. I'd, I'd done all the $300 a week gigs and I wasn't getting right. any younger. Um, right. And I'm glad I did. It's the best thing I ever did. Local 764. Woohoo! Oh, they've been <laughs> taking care of us. I can't even tell you, but they really they, have. They, they always do, but specifically now I'm very, I'm very proud. Yeah. Shout out to my girl, Martha Smith, Mary Washington College. We went mm -hmm. to the school together and she works over there in the union and is a yeah, man, we've been trying to do college Zooms and stuff, and we'll have them on Sundays, and she'll have to pop off at 1230. She's like, I've got a call. I'm sorry. Like 1230 oh, yeah. on a they've Sunday afternoon. I'm like, you better work for your members. Also, <laughs> can I join that union? Um, but, uh, but. Julian, when did you realize you were good at um, all the other parts of your job that don't involve dressing, all of the therapist, confidant, support system, all those security. Skills. That's a cool, that's a cool question. Um, when, when, right did the, that, when did you realize that not everyone was able to do that? Well, right away, it's in my nature to wanna take care of someone, something. I mean, someone to uh, relies on you, it could be a plant, it could be a pet, it could be a person, but somebody who kind of needs you, not to exist, but it's hard to explain. I never really had that um, until I found myself, even as a 17, 18, 19 year old, working with actors and actresses who I would hold sobbing nude because not their show sucked, but because their so-and-so just left them or something like, or something I didn't even know. I think I have a personality that, um, or a vibe or whatever you want to call it that makes people comfortable. And I took it as a gift. I think some people can use that and they will against you. But I, I took it as like this magical power. And then I found out that people responded to that. Um, so yeah, ever since I was a kid, I was able to uh, connect with people on that level. I didn't know it back then. And it wasn't until it was an adult. Um, uh, it doesn't happen with everybody you're put together with. It depends on the person. I can think of an a uh, quite a few actors and actresses who I I would love to tell you about them, but they're sweet little souls, and they uh, they just yeah they just needed somebody to take care of them. And you're at the theater well, a lot. Again, like it's you and Sutton just seems uh, so kismet because. 
um, the personality is so right. And the, Oh, it, yeah, definitely worked out. Well, um, she was a sweet little innocent thing when we met and I was like little, little naughty devil. Um, I always assume that anyone in the theater, it's like, but, we're all know. gentle deviants. Come on. Mm-hmm. We're all gentle deviants. Yeah, no, right. We're making this our, our life's work, but also like, you know, these are the choices we're making. Yeah. So I would just have to be myself. Now you kind of have to read the actor too. Cause I have some friends who I'm like, kind of, you know, if you're like training somebody, cause, Oh, that's a thing. You need to train somebody to take over for you. You want a vacation or something happens. Um, so you have to train somebody and that's never pleasant. It is never pleasant because uh, you're kind of just picking from what you got. They weren't really like toned in on and selected for this person. It's kind of like you take it from the crew you have, like the backup folk. There's a lot of good stories about that, those kind of situations. Um, uh, so there's that. And some people just don't have the appropriate uh, bedside manner, if you will. And they say right. stuff and do stuff that's inappropriate. I'm like, but they need someone to tell them. And I'm going to tell them. And hopefully they'll learn something from it. Well, again, it's just, I mean, that relationship is so special and so important because like it is like, yes, you're helping me get, we're getting through this change together. Right. And we're doing that. Like if there's a quick change or something like that, we're spending all this time in the dressing room, but then it's the deep shit. I mean, that's like, you're I mean, all alone. Like you're all alone. Yeah. You know, as, a, right. as performers on stage, once you're on stage and well, from the time the show goes up to time it's over whether you're the star of the show whether you're you know uh, involved in any way it's a lot of stress and pressure and there's no pause and there's there's expectations from the audience on of course so many different levels of what they expect and you go and give them their their money's worth and there's a lot of stress involved and you're all by yourself now you've got your co-workers and whatnot but not you don't often have a chance to like give someone a hug or, you know, be like, you know, you, you go girl, you know, they're changing getting into the next dance number. So yeah, having that specific person there. And then I guess show after show, it becomes like emblazoned in their regularity. And yes, you want your person there. You, that's, that's it's true. It's scores it's, of it's, stories of dresser actor. Relationship. It's such a vibe. And just watching at Kinky's Kinky Boots. So like, at, for five and a half years, I saw a lot of different Lolas. And I also saw a lot of different Lola dressers, which was interesting as well to see like how people, you know, took care of each person differently, how each Lola would come in and have like a different vibe that they wanted or what would be like, you know, the kind of, you know, and I mean, Julian and I became friends because we just vibed on each other in the theater. We would just mm-hmm. walk by each other mm-hmm. in the stairwell and just kind of like understand that there was a there was a sizzle and a vibe happening and be like, you, I like, we mm-hmm. need to be friends. This oh yeah, we'd give each other uh, goo eyes for like weeks. And I remember you came <laughs> up to me one day and you were like, I am obsessed. I'm obsessed with you and I need to know everything about you. And I was like, oh my God, I feel the same way. But I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing, learning the show, trying to be Mr. Fabulous. And you, right. know, you guys are all and, regular and there's like and a new playmate to poke at. So, you know, I'm like, you just hold on. You can poke at me in a minute. That's then, right. Yeah. I had to be patient, which, you know, is not you know, necessarily right. No, I loved it. It was up there. The Kinky Boots is one of my top, one of my top three favorite, favorite shows ever. Well, well what are the other two? 
Um, well, there's been 26 of them. Harry Potter and the Cursed Child was number 26. It's, it's kind of crazy. It's actually number 26 and number 27, if you're going to be honest. Because what, that what is do you mean? two plays. It's like two tickets. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I, I mean, it's technically I forgotten. How could you? <laughs> I got to go to opening, you guys. I got to go to opening night of Harry Potter. Oh, yes, you did. Got I was, ticket. I was one Hufflepuff. of the in my Hufflepuff outfit because, mm. surprise to no one, before I even took the test, I knew I, in my heart and soul, I knew I was a Hufflepuff. And I'm not ashamed of it. You know what I mean? They're sweet, and they also get the job yeah. done. So. And, you know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, everybody's got their own, their sides. You could be a Scorpio or a Cancer, but it still doesn't mean you're not going to have some, you know, Leo risings or whatever. Right. Ooh. <laughs> anyway, uh, Harry Potter, talk about it. Because that show, oh. talk, talk to me about how, Long the texts were, you had to text for two. I remember you saying this, and I loved this quote. You were, you would say, you're like, these straight actors have no idea, but we are teching two musicals right now. <laughs> I don't know. Did I actually say the straight actor part? Maybe I added that. But you were like, these <laughs> actors are in these plays I, I know, would, that yeah. are not used to doing <clears throat> musicals. Like, you know, yes, legit actors are, um, you know, these legit actors don't know that we are in two musicals right now. Because if you haven't seen that show, like, it is so choreographed. Okay, it's so choreographed. There's all of this beautiful underscore music that's happening. And so there are scene changes that are so cinematic and gorgine, but it's like, you know, it, it's, oh, it's, it's literally, so, they're coming out, yeah. scooping cakes and like running up Fire. staircases jumping off of them into the wings. And you're like, where's the fucking net in the wings? What's going on? Like, it's so insane to watch it. And so thinking of that from the tech point of view and what those 10 out of 12s, right. I mean, talk to us about that process. Cause I know I you mean, said I it do, was- uh, I, do, uh, I do have a blurry memory of it all, but no, it was absurd. Like we teched for months and months. Cause normally, like I said, I was about to start Music Man with, 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 with Miss Sutton. I believe the first preview was September 9th. So I would have started about a month before we're in the theater, we're starting to get the costumes in, you do your bits and bobs and your dry texts and you know, you tiptoe and next thing you know, you're ready for first preview. Oh no, not Harry Potter. We started months ahead of time. Um, I remember I had a romantic California vacation all planned up and I had to cut that thing down from two weeks to two days. Oh my lord! I made everything. I remember miserable. that. <laughs> oh, no. I remember that. Oh, no, no oh, I couldn't believe it. I didn't even want to take the job. I was like, I'm not taking this job. I'm not taking this job. I mean, it was an epic transcontinental fuck fest. Oh, not the vacation. <laughs> I meant the whole schedule. Uh, no, no. You also meant the vacation. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I know the story, and I was listening, and I thought, oh, he's talking about the vacation. All right. No, no. Believe you me, that 14 days turned to two days. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scheduling thing is involved my friend's house and their trip right, and them right, coming right, home right. and this guy coming from England and my new apartment. So I, it was like a cluster is what, is what I tried, is what I was trying to say. Uh -huh. um, but, but no, yeah, I the truth comes out, you know, it doesn't. It doesn't I did. I, I came back and 
I got off the plane basically and went to work that day. A um, couple, they'd few, they'd already started and had seen some run-throughs out of these warehouses in Astoria, where you would, because the show is so epic and so many things and elements of magic and technological it wizardry. Keep the secrets. Keep the secrets. It's um, incredible. It, when it comes back, uh, everyone listening to this, you must run and go see it. It is so fucking good. Go it's it. insane. It literally, the, as a theater professional, I sat there in the audience being like, I don't know how they're doing this. And oh, I yeah, like, I know that this shit is quote unquote fake. You know what I mean? I know that right. there is a secret to how they're doing this and I have no idea how they're doing it. Oh, yeah. No, that, well, you don't have to uh, uh, be into Harry Potter. I've had friends come who are obsessed and then others who are like, I had no idea who Crinkle Crow was or Jingle Dong or who they had no clue. <laughs> they did not care. They were like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. I can't wait for part two. It's, sure. it's truly next level and amazing. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting for it to be a play. I did dress Harry Potter, you know, uh, he did not have any dresses or bras or tattoos <laughs> or any of the things I'm used to uh, uh, dealing with. But oh my lord, there was quite a lot of crawling around on the hands and the knees in the dark with light lights and a lot of sweating. Yeah, that show is insane. It is next level. It sounds like you like working on a show where the costumes look like costumes, uh, as opposed to like a jeans and a t-shirt. Sure. I mean, I w would much rather. I'm accustomed to working with females, um, mm -hmm. and they generally have the funnest clothes. Uh, of course. Of course, Miss Lola, or of course, uh, <laughs> uh, was the closest thing to having a, a leading lady again. Um, but yeah, luckily, you know, certain some splashy, flashy uh, uh, shows. And, and beyond that, I've, I've had the pleasure of dressing all sorts of lovely uh, uh, leading ladies, usually because I started being the understudy dresser, the one I was talking about earlier. And people would trust me and these dressers who would recommend me as their understudy would go from show to show, you know. They usually dress Brian Stokes or my dear friend Suzanne who always dressed sweet Marin Maisie. Um, they trusted me to fill in for them when they would have to go away or they would take a vacation. And I'd learned from them the way to take care of these particularly special people who are so kind that. in return. Now they all weren't kind in return. <laughs> um, but there's very, uh, very few of those people that I had patience for, even as a child. Again, I don't want to gossip, but yeah, there was a pretty big, big Broadway legend who I left it in the middle of a show because they were terrible and, and uh, going out of their way to make things difficult for me. And, I'm there to help you. It did not compute. And I quit in the middle. And it was like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm leaving. I was like, this is horrible. Um, they did ask me back the next day and gave me another position. I think I had just volunteered to fill in for this person's dresser who had, I believe, had had some medical issue. And I was like, I'll do it. But yeah, that was a challenge. But I think that's one of the only ones. I learned a lesson. I was like, no, I was like, I'm here for you. You know, you gotta be, you gotta be nice to me. Um, Duh, I think, yeah. I think that's kind of the only experience I had that was unpleasant. I've had some sad folks I've had to take care of and 
I pour their wine and, you know, like I said, hold them naked while they're sobbing. Oh, I sure. can make a calendar of these people. But I can't wait until we're both getting paid for you to do that to me. <laughs> Which part? The, the holding, holding me. Naked. But let's get somebody to pay us to do that. That'd be great. That would be great. Because right now, for Corona times, we're just doing it for free. Um, really no. quick. So, okay, you had said uh, Harry Potter and you had said Kinky Boots. What was your other? Oh, like no. Harry Potter was definitely not one of my top three favorite shows. Okay, I, not, I, not. I do want to clarify that. No offense to Harry Potter and the Cursed Child at the Lyric Theater on Broadway. But <laughs> no. No. Okay, sorry. My top okay, three, um, so uh, Kinky, Kinky Boots, Boots, absolutely. I, it Chase was a toss up between Chase. Thoroughly Modern Millie and Drowsy Chaperone, but I chose Thoroughly Modern Millie because it has it's such an epic um, uh, uh, memory. And I met some, oh, the people I met on that show, uh, on, on stage, off stage, to this day, who I adore. Um, and then the third one I'm going to say is Donnie Marie on Broadway. They had a Christmas yes. show. It was back <laughs> in 2009. I don't care what anybody says. That was I remember the pinnacle of I could cry talking about it. Everyone's like, "What?" I was like, "You don't know. I grew up with Donnie Marie. You know, I'm 51 uh, and uh, years old. I was 10, 11. I watched that show. The sibling, you know, they loved each other. They were funny and it was like this whole escapism. I had my dolls. I made them clothes, and there I was unpacking Marie Osmond's costume trunk. That is incredible. Crying, like ridiculous. I was there to dress Donnie. Marie had her own dresser named Marie. <laughs> she was she was lovely. She, Good for Marie. She came with the with the with the show from Las Vegas. I dressed Donnie. But oh every night, every night I sobbed. Um, they'd sing their May Tomorrow Be a Perfect Day. And I just went in the quick change room and cried every night. And they're like, Good night, everybody. And he goes off one way, she goes off one way, and he hands me a sweat towel and his microphone, and he gives me a hug, and I'm just crying. Oh, I love it. But I got to do that eight times a week. And uh, I remember there was a big debate, because Marie was singing Paper Roses, and she had a brand new skirt, but the rose that she wore in her hair did not match the skirt. And this poor dresser girl was running all over New York City. She had never been here before in her life. I was like, you know what, Marie? I can hand paint you a rose to match the exact color of that dress. And she's like, I need it for tonight. And I was like, done. And I went home <laughs> crying with this cabbage rose. Oh, painting it, it's perfect. Oh yeah, she loved it. She wore it, she sang in it every night. I just Amazing. died. I died every night. So there, that's my, uh, yeah, sorry. How long was the run of that show? I think it ran for like six weeks. And they and were the it, some of the most glorious six weeks I'm of your life. Saying. I love it. Yeah, I think it ran even short because there were some storms and they like to go home on the weekends. They lived in their own world. I love them to death. I got some great personal stories about them. Nothing horrible, but I never in a million years thought I would I would be doing what I did for them. Um, uh, yeah, they were the, the sweetest, nicest people. And oh, I could just die a thousand times that's amazing that's amazing what is a show you would love to dress just because of your um love for the show itself that's an interesting question um 
I've always been obsessed with um, Schubert Theater, Beth Level. Uh, they almost did a, a revival of it with Laura Osnes, Gershwin. Crazy, Crazy for, for you. you. I, was, I was just listening to Crazy for You two I'm nights ago doing the dishes. Obsessed with it. I think besides, I had. I saw Natalie. In crazy for you. <laughs> I was in it. Guess where I was in it? At the Cape Playhouse Get in Dennis, car. Massachusetts, which we literally talked about yesterday on the phone. And this is what I'm I saying. Know, Everything uh, is connected. Uh, yeah, it is nuts. And that was my little town that I would go and visit. Right. My dear friend Elena, who passed right. away from the cancer situation, who I met, who passed away right before I met Sutton. Yes, it's insane. Right. It's, the, it's all, it is all. And we probably. So, Past each other on the streets years before we met. For sure. A million, you know? no, one million percent, obviously. One million mm-hmm, percent. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that production yes, of Crazy, crazy for You, you. Uh, mm. by the way, was a time where I missed a scene. Uh, I literally missed a scene in the two lines I had in that scene. Um, probably one of my least professional moments of all time. I missed that scene completely because I was backstage. Playing Bananagrams. Peel! Split! I was playing Bananagrams. Bananagrams? And... I don't even know what that is. That dir- is that dirty? <laughs> <laughs> I guess it can be. Depends on how you play. Oh. It's like a Scrabble kind of word oh. tile. Blah, blah, blah. We oh. played it actually at Kinky Boots. We would play it on the floor during intermission sometimes um, mm. late in later years. My same... My same um, well, I think I bought it because we went to P-Town for a day and I went to the game store at P-Town and I bought Bananagrams and that's what I played at yeah. in the basement of Pinky Boots. Anyway, we're all connected. It's all insane. Just for the listeners, I know that you didn't see this, but there was um, the second threat to Steven's life. We definitely, um, I shot him a look. I didn't want to interrupt Julian as he was really making a beautiful point. But when you said good for Marie, that was the second death threat of the show. So you got what one more in. Which part? Last... What do you mean death threat? Oh, because I just threatened to kill him <laughs> all the oh, time. Oh, so I'm I so... told you I was going to probably do three. And the second one was, we. I did it with, we do this oh, when we can't what happened. And that's like when, and again, to, for the listeners, when you were on a Zoom with somebody or a FaceTime oh. and you're like, I actually can't with you right now and I hate you so much. I thought it was something I did. Yeah, we put our fingers on the camera as a like gentle fuck you. And then. What was it? What did I say that made you guys not want to look? You said said Marie's dresser's name was Marie. So to put, to to finish the hat on the hat, I added another hat, which was good for Marie. Which Uh, is from from Sunday in the Park Park Oh, I'm a musical theater. Which he's quoting, which wearing it's all too much i've been in the theater my whole life i specifically enjoy musical theater but i don't know anything about like maybe some musical theater history and quotes and shows and yeah i'm pretty terrible samesies samesies i I will say oh yeah and i learn as i go but i'm I'm one of those people i love all the shows that i'm in and i become obsessed with them and i definitely you know and I'm probably going to do this on one of my shows coming up. So just get ready. But when I was in 10th grade and we did Fiddler on the Roof, I definitely bought the tape, the karaoke tape. And I definitely recorded myself in the double cassette doing what? Wait for it. 
all four parts of tradition, the mamas, the papas, the daughters, the sons, tradition. And who does mama teach? Wait for it. I'm sure if we're stuck in this quarantine oh. any longer, I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, I love the shows that I'm in, but there's so many shows I don't know, like don't know. And right. people are offended that I don't know them. Your so Broadway blind spot. Totally. Like, we all have one of them, and I know like the history of it. And it's mostly a lot of it has to do with the theaters I've worked in because I've almost worked in every theater, almost. Um, and I'm always casual, um, very yeah. curious about the shows that have been there and the history of the theater. And I know the shows. I just, you know, I couldn't sing you a freaking song from, I don't know, Hello Dolly. I'm probably going to get, you know, hate mail for not knowing <laughs> Hello Dolly. Um, yeah, well, hello, oh, yeah, I know that song, but I there don't you know go. the like characters' names and like Mr. Fizzywig and so and so and so. And I was like, well, oh. you know, Cornel Cornelius Hackle 69 <laughs> might not be your password, but that's okay. No, that's no. okay. <laughs> Mr. Fizzywig was from Oliver because I remember when I was 10 years old, I was forced into a life of performing as a child and I was in a, in a production of, of, of Oliver. Of course you were. I love that. That was the beginning Amazing. and the end of my onstage career. <laughs> well, Julian, we have two more questions for you. Um, we asked them to all of our guests. Mm -hmm. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think of me? <laughs> the first is, what was your first impression of each of us? Um, of my of 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 my two hosts here, Miss Natalie and and then Mr. Mr. Stephen. Um, again, my first impression of Natalie in life was at Kinky Boots in a red wig when she came <laughs> up to me, saying she was obsessed, and I was like, "She's super cool." I just know that we're gonna get along great because not every show, you know, you do that. So I do specifically remember that meeting and my first impression of you was at our dear friend's wedding which was up in the catskills or in the adirondacks or wherever the hell we were um somewhere near woodstock it was so woodstock. beautiful it really was right. beautiful right. Right. and uh we were up in the haystack and you were super super nice and i think i kind of had a little crushy wushy on you like for the evening. Now I did go on to enjoy myself a little too much. And that was the beginning of the overly enjoyment session of, 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 of that, of that uh, experience. But um, we, really, you know. we really had, so we were all at that wedding and Julia and I shared a bed. So, um, we did. Mm -hmm. yeah, we did. in that little shack. And I was so jealous. In that little shack is a little place where. Yeah, and had fancy rooms and we had like some $40 shack that I We got, were in a shack. Yeah, but we were literally matter. like, it, we were in a cute Worst. little storage unit. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> it um, was great. But yeah, to answer that question, that was my impre first impression of both of you, to be completely honest, which I always am to a fault, so. Love it. Hi-ho! Hi-ho! The second question we ask all our guests, uh, there are seven very well-known dwarves in history. If you were the eighth dwarf, what would your name be? Horny. Yes. <laughs> I mean, because who isn't right now in the middle of COVID? Don't touch me like you know me. No hugs for nobody. 
Right? It's fucking, it's very Don't intense. touch me like you know me. No hugs for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Some <laughs> spoken <laughs> word by Julian Havard. That's right. Wow. Yeah. That was um, deep. That touched me. Wow. Well, it, well, you you're allowed to be touched. I mean, I'm just trying to get like sometimes a sexy... the things you most wish for are not to be touched. Mm-hmm. I'll literally murder you. There's the third one. Okay, it came out organically. <laughs> Call your parents. Say goodbye. It's happening. Um, for the record, yeah, I'm just trying to hope to have like a little slutty FaceTime tonight. Like that's it's it's all a hot mess. This this coronavirus has us all. Oh yeah, and so everybody's got a different view. I mean, people. It's just so unnatural for uh, humans not to touch each other at all. Not a hug, right. not a handhold, not kiss I've on had- the forehead. I mean, I know people are doing it. This is coming from a single man who does yeah. not have my husband or my wife or my kids. And there's a whole nother kettle of fish. I'd be like, get away from me. So everybody's screwed. Yeah. I've hugged five people this whole time. All right. I let my mother hug me, um, but she's like five foot and I'm like eight foot. So she was like <laughs> so far away from like any nose or mouth or anything. <laughs> and I did, I put my hand right. in the air. And yeah, I was like, this is so touching. Um, yeah, and that was the end of that. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. I, t- I hugged Blair. Blair Paltrowitz of Kinky Boots fame. I Queen. went and hung out with her and literally hugged her because it was my instinct to hug her. And then I pulled away and I was like, oh, oh yeah. God. And then mm-hmm. I was like, if we already did that, can we really do this? And I had to like <laughs> hold my friend. Like, right. it, thank God for this dog. Otherwise I would literally lose my mind. I know, I pity the fool who comes my way. <laughs> oh wait, really quick. I just wanted to amend and I've already amended with this this with you personally, but not with the public. Um, I can't remember what my first answer was of what my my uh, Smurf, my dwarf would be, um, but it clearly is thirsty. I think that mm. really, I think That's that really is the, a little bit. a lot of things. Yeah, exactly. Let's, I think you're entitled to change your dwarf name like once every three years. Thank you. Oh. Thank you've, you. you've served your time. Well, you know yeah. what? It's like, it's like Andrea, our therapist, says, like, have a word of the year. And so maybe one year it was slutty, but thirsty, thirsty. seems more appropriate for the 2020 summer vibes I'm ha- having right now. And I lowered myself beneath her swollen udder and sucked <laughs> the sweetest milk I had ever, ever tasted. Oh, I feel like I've, I've, I've intruded on something. I hate you so much. And that is a dream role that I am too old to play. So RIP, Natalie mm-hmm. Joy Johnson. It's never going to happen. It's too bad. Yeah. I'm but staying also- out of that one. <laughs> Julian, where can people find you online to keep up with you and your visual art, which we didn't even get to, but you are this brilliant visual artist. And I highly recommend you check out his Instagram for um, their pictures of it. I don't know where else to send them. I have three Julian Havard pieces in my house right now. Oh, that's for starters. Um, Thank you for mentioning that. Um, I've had a hard time over the last uh, uh, few months getting my creativity on. I know people in this COVID situation has uh, uh, thrived because of it. I have not that person. Um, But uh, my Instagram right now pretty much has 
uh, a lot of artwork on there, old and new, whatever that might be, uh, however that might be expressed. Uh, want, want some Julian. Want some Julian. And Julian is spelt with an I-E-N, J-U-L-I-E-N. And I say that not for new friends, but for friends who've known me for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a n it's e n um but yeah thank you i'm just starting to get uh get my my, my, my juices flowing because um uh, it makes you happy your creative outlet no matter what it doesn't have to be a masterpiece it doesn't have to end up at the gallery it doesn't have to make you five billion dollars it's just supposed to make you feel better so yeah back to the drawing board <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much for spending an hour with us in the room with our special guest host, Natalie Joy Johnson. Oh, I wouldn't have oh. missed it for the world. Thanks for inviting me. Yes, thank you for having us, uh, Stephen. You're always Dana. welcome in our room. And Dana, we miss you, we love you, and uh, we'll just have to do a part two with Julian with Dana. You read my mind. I said, we're gonna have to do part two when Dana gets back. because uh, When I've we got... can gather and actually be in a room and hold hands. And, oh, wow. uh, well, I'm definitely inviting make myself it happen. to that. So, <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. No, I'd <laughs> love it. I'd love it. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. I love All you right. guys. Really Until fun. next time, bye. 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 In the Room with Stephen and Dana is produced by Stephen Farizee and Dana Craig. Special thanks to Joel Wagoner for tinkling the ivories on our theme song. Hit him up at joelwagoner.com. We apologize and you're welcome. We'd also like to thank Jesse Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R, for our jazzy original music sprinkled throughout each episode. You can find him at jessewiener.com. Last but certainly not least, we'd like to thank Kevin Thomas Garcia for taking all of our ridiculous photos. You can find him online at ktgnyc.com. We are all over the internet on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at In The Room Pod. Follow us, like us, share us, pimp us out. And don't forget to subscribe to In The Room Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We everywhere, so subscribe. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.